0: Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Today's series is Prayer, Part 4, Praying for Others, featuring Michael Davis. Well, we've been in a series called How to Pray, and if you're just joining us You can get caught up on our podcast or you can get caught up on YouTube or Spotify or any of the places where those uh, podcasts are played. Or you can watch the video even from our website, AnchoredHope.Church or Facebook or any of that stuff. But we've been talking about how to pray because we've all been skeptical about prayer once or twice in our life, right? We've always all, all wondered or asked the question, you know, does God even hear my prayers? Am I even doing this the right way? And when the disciples met Jesus, they decided that there might be a better way. Because they noticed that Jesus prayed differently than they had ever seen anyone pray. And so they asked Jesus. They said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And he said, yes, when you pray, pray this way. And so he taught them a prayer that we all know very well called the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. And he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And we kind of took the last three weeks and we broke that down, right? And the big thing that we talked about, the common theme that we see, is that when we pray, it's not about convincing God to move. It's about God moving us. It's not about imposing our will. It's about surrendering our will to God. And so we kind of broke that down and talked about that, but that was the theme that kept coming up, surrendering to God, surrendering to God. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not so much about informing God about what you want because as Jesus said, Jesus already knows what you want. Jesus already knows what you need. The point is to come to him In privacy and intimacy, and say, Father God, let me align my will with Your will. I'm here to surrender myself to You, and it's not about what I want; it's about what You want. And so we we've been discussing this for three weeks, and this was meant to be a a four week series. And then I got talking to my small group, and my small group—they're a bunch of chatty Cathys, right? And so they started asking all these questions that I wasn't prepared for, and we just went and spiraled all over this place and stuff, and then it just it went into municipal marijuana and all kinds of things. But anyway, the point is, is that a question came up, and it's a question that's worth talking about. It's a question that's worth discussing, and the question is this, is how do you pray for other people? If this is how we're supposed to pray, when we pray to our Father in heaven, then how does that affect how we pray for other people? And I think that's a great question, isn't it? I think it's a great question because prayer is still something that we all offer for other people, right? I mean, if you even look at, you know, why we pray for other people or when we pray for people, uh, prayer is something that we do when there's nothing more we can do, right? I mean, if you hear about a tragedy happening somewhere else, somewhere that's out of reach, what do we say? Well, I'm praying for them. Right? Well, we're prayer for you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Or if it's just something that's beyond our control, something that we can do nothing about, something that, you know, there, there's nothing that we could give that would make it make you feel better or help you in any way. If somebody loses a loved one, or if somebody is ill or somebody's in the hospital, what do we say to them? I'm praying for you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And what's so incredibly amazing to me is that not only do we as Christians say that, but, I mean, the world still uses this language. I mean, the presidents still use this language. I mean, the news, they even use this language too. I mean, if something terrible happens in the world, if there's a tragedy, if there's a school shooting, if if someone is sick, if there's something that happens, what do we still hear, you know, across our culture? I'm praying for you. Our thoughts and our prayers go out for you. So what's amazing about that and why this is so important is that what it tells me is that we still are curious about the power of prayer. The world, the culture, the media is still curious about prayer. Somewhere deep inside of ourselves, we still believe that when there's nothing we can do, that prayer is a necessity. That prayer is a tool that could work so the question is 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 when you pray for them when you pray for them what do you pray now let me back up just a little bit because every single one of us are a little bit guilty right every single one of us are a little bit guilty of saying I'm praying for you but we don't actually pray right It's just like a courteous way of saying, I'm sorry you're going through this. But instead of saying, I'm sorry you're going through this, we feel like we have to give a little bit more. And we say, "Well, well, I'll be praying for you. But how often do we really actually stop, go into a room, and close the door, like Jesus said, and pray for other people? Now, if you do pray, though, I think that sometimes our prayers go a little bit like this. Dear Lord... You know what Karen needs right now. She told me about it, and I'm not so sure you're listening very well. And so I'm coming to you on behalf of Karen, and I'm telling you, Lord, will you give her what she wants, what she really, really wants, Lord? And then our mind goes to that one song, right? Oh, oh, that's a good song. Yeah, I should play that when I work out this afternoon. Anyway, back to you, Lord. Lord, will you give Karen what she wants? I mean, Lord, Karen deserves it. I mean, she didn't three months ago, but today she's good. We and her, we're good, we're good, we're good. So she deserves it, Lord, today. So I come to you on behalf of Karen today, and I ask you, Lord, will you give her what she wants? Right? But here's the thing. Sometimes God does give Karen what she wants, and then other times God doesn't give Karen what she wants. What's up with that? Why does that happen? Well, maybe what's happened is is we're not praying the right way. Maybe those aren't the type of prayers that God actually wants us to pray. Maybe even like we talked about praying for ourselves, God doesn't want us to come to him like a genie trying to rub him the right way. Maybe that's not what he's looking for. Maybe, just maybe, he's looking for something else. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And today I'm going to do it in an interesting way. I'm going to do it in a way using a familiar story... That you've probably heard before, especially if you grew up in church. But I'm going to use this story. It's one of my favorite Bible stories to tell because I just kind of paint my own picture with it. But I want you to take this story and we're going to look at this story through the lens of prayer. We're going to put our prayer goggles on and look at and see how does this story apply to how we pray for other people. And this story is found in three of the four Gospels. So there are three accounts of people who were there who saw everything happen. It's in Matthew, Mark, and and Luke. So Matthew was there. He was one of the 12. Luke was there as well. Or he was a doctor. He took account of things. But Mark, the gospel of Mark is so very interesting because Mark was not actually one of the 12. He was a Gentile that became an assistant to the disciples later on. He traveled with Paul during his missionary days, and he was his assistant. And then he eventually became Peter's assistant. And we believe that at the end of Peter's life, Mark was there. And so a lot of what Mark writes down, he got from Peter. So really, when you read Mark, you're reading almost the Gospel of Peter, because that's where we get a lot of these first-hand accounts from. So we have Matthew's side of the story, we have Peter's side of the story, and then Luke also interviewed people, and we have some of those people's side of the story. But in three of the Gospels, we get the story of a time where Jesus, he goes to Capernaum right on the Sea of Galilee, and this is what it says. We're going to look at the Gospel of Mark, and it says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left not even outside the door and he preached the word to them so regularly jesus would go to this spot just think of it it's like it's on the beach okay it's on the beach it's right on the sea of galilee right on the edge it's a common place jesus would go and this was a place that was not far from the hometown of matthew and not far from the hometown of peter And so we actually there's some excavators who have found homes there that they believe that eventually, actually, this is where Peter went. This is where he spent his last days. Is that he actually had a home in Capernaum, and they actually now have churches that have been placed on this spot where they've excavated two homes, and they believe that this this was Peter's last house. And there's a church that sits there now, right on the in Capernaum, on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And so Jesus goes here, and this is a place where he would commonly go. And he goes to one of his followers' houses, and he begins. To preach and he begins to teach as he always did, and a huge crowd gathers. A huge crowd gathers. A a crowd so big that they fill not only the living room or the kitchen or the space that Jesus is teaching in, but then there's people outside. There's people lined up outside of this home, and they're just they're, they're listening as closely as they possibly can. They're going, all right, what is he going to say next? And everybody's a hush. There's a quietness to the crowd. Everybody's trying to hear what Jesus is saying inside, including the Pharisees and the religious people, and everybody's there. And then this is what it says next. Then some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. So then, all of a sudden, these five guys show up, okay? Four friends, one guy on a mat. This guy is being carried on this mat, and they bring him to Jesus. Now, in this moment, they're bringing him to Jesus because they hear that Jesus is there, right? And obviously, we know that he's being being carried because he's, he's paralyzed, or as I like to call him, you know, this is what I like to call him, paralyzed Pete, okay? So from now on, you'll never look at this story ever the same again, all right? This is a story about paralyzed Pete, and so we don't know exactly how paralyzed Pete and his friends got there. It could have gone one or two, of two ways, right? I mean, maybe it was Pete's idea. Maybe one day they're all hanging out, and paralyzed Pete, he's sitting there because, you know, paralyzed Pete can't get very far. And they're going, they hear that Jesus is, is, is near. Jesus is somewhere near, and he's within traveling distance. And maybe Pete goes, man, guys, you know what? I, I am in need here, and you know what? I believe, I believe that if you would get me to Jesus, that I would be healed. If you guys would just help me out, if you guys you know would, would, would carry me or get me there some way, I, I just believe that that is what I need in my life. I need to get to Jesus. Will you guys help me get to Jesus? And again, looking at this through the lens of prayer, right? When we pray for other people, that is the point of it all. The point is this. Our friends need help getting to Jesus. I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind throughout this entire illustration. But as you pray for other people, remember, you are not going to God on behalf of your friend and trying to convince God that he needs to give them What they want. You are taking your friend to Jesus because they need help getting there. Our friend needs help getting to Jesus. That is the point of prayer. That is the point of when we come to our Father in Heaven and say, Father God, I am praying for Karen today. We are coming and we are bringing Karen to Jesus. Because just like the paralyzed paralyzed Pete said, paralyzed Pete couldn't get there on his own, right? He needed help. He needed friends. And that's the thing. Our friends, our friends need help getting to Jesus because they can't get themselves to Jesus. Remember the, the, why we pray? If we take the Lord's Prayer and we apply this, right? What, 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 how would we apply that to this? Is that, you know what? Sometimes your friends, they need you to pray for them because they can't pray the prayer that's necessary. Right now, because of their emotions, because of their anger, because of their doubt, they cannot pray the prayer, Father God. They don't even see, they don't want to even speak the words, Father God. You know why? Because they're angry at God. They can't look up and say, Father God, I know you see me. Hallowed be your name. They're looking up at God right now. They're sitting in that hospital room. They're sitting in that waiting room. They're waiting for their phone to ring to find out what's going to happen. And they're going, Father God, give me a break. The hallowed name of God, it doesn't feel very hallowed at all. It seems like nobody's in control of this. And then to pray the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Sometimes our friends are in a season of life or in a position where they cannot pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Because you know what? If they prayed that prayer honestly, if they prayed, Lord, your will be done, then that means that their will would not be done. If they prayed your will be done, the person that they want to be kept alive may pass away. If they pray that prayer, Lord, your will be done, the yes that they want may become a no. If they prayed that prayer, your will be done, then the season that they are in, the rut that they are in, the hard times that they are in, they may be taken out of. But if they pray your will be done, then God may keep them there. So when your friends are coming to you and they're going, I need you to pray for me, what they're really saying is I can't pray the prayer that really needs to be prayed. Right now, in what I'm going through, I cannot get to Jesus. And I cannot honestly pray, Father God, hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They can't pray that prayer. So guess what they need you to do? They need you to pray that prayer for them. To say, Father God, hallowed be your name. I know you know what Karen wants right now. But Lord, you also know what Karen needs. So will you please have your will be done. Have your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know what? Maybe it was Pete's idea. Or do you know what? Maybe it was the friend's idea. Maybe they were sitting around Pete and, 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 and Pete and they somebody said, Hey, did you did you hear that Jesus is in town? Did you hear that Jesus is, is close by? And Pete said, Hey, well, the, guys, it's fine. No, I've accepted that I'm I'm paralyzed. I'm Paralyzed Pete. It goes with my name, you know? Rhymes with my name, sounds good. Everybody knows me as Paralyzed Pete. What what am I going to do? Become Walking Pete? That doesn't sound very cool. You know what? I'm not going to be Walking Pete. I'm just going to stay Paralyzed Pete. It's fine. It's good. I've accepted it. And then maybe one of the friends said, no, 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 no. All right. Tough love it is, idiot. Wake up. And they said, no, we're going to get you on this mat. There's nothing you can do about it because you're paralyzed. And the four of us are going to wrestle you down and we're going to carry you to Jesus maybe it went that way but you know what that's a good point in itself too because sometimes your friends need prayer because they've given up sometimes your friends need prayer because they have accepted the ditch that they are in and they've decided that they are just going to be paralyzed for the rest of their life and sometimes our friends need to come alongside them and say no 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 we're not going to stay here we're going to get you to Jesus that's what prayer is all about. It's about bringing our friends to Jesus who can't take themselves. And you know what? In that moment, those friends, those friends, they, they, had, to, they had to, again, surrender themselves, right? I mean, four guys. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but there's not a single one of you I would want to carry on a mat anywhere, okay? Not even to the parking lot. But these four men, I mean, we don't know if where they came from. If it was a, if it was a couple blocks, if it was a, a couple hours travel, if it was a day's travel, we have no clue. But those men, they had families, they had things to do, they had jobs, they had plans. And you know what they did? They decided to abandon all of that to get their friend to Jesus. And that's the thing. It takes, it takes sacrifice on your part. It takes surrendering yourself for your friends. To get them to Jesus. And then it tells us this. So the, the, the four friends bring their friend on the mat, and it said they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. So here they come, they've traveled all this way, they've got paralyzed Pete on the mat, and all of a sudden they can't get, they can't even get close to Jesus. There's no way that they're gonna get to Jesus, and they get stuck. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever run into an obstacle while trying to get your friend to Jesus? Right? You ever gotten an obstacle? You ever been praying, Lord, you know, Lord, would you, oh man, come on, Lord, you know, we're, we have faith in you. We, we believe. And then instead of a good report, doctor comes back with a, a worse report. Says, it's not looking good. Uh-oh, my prayer didn't work. Or you know what? You're praying for something to change in your job. You're praying for something to change in your life. Or you're you're praying that the lawyers will find out something, and then what? You get bad news. You get obstacle. Uh oh. What happens? And you know what, again, I'm sure in that moment, I'm sure in that moment, I mean, paralyzed Pete, he probably looked at his friends and they're trying, you know, everybody's kind of quiet and they're like, man, there's no way to get to Jesus, there's this huge crowd in the way, what in the world do we do? And I'm sure paralyzed Pete, I'm sure he was a nice guy, I'm sure he was like, guys, you know what? I am so thankful for you guys. You guys got me so close. Thank you so much for getting me this far. I am so thankful for you. You know what? We had a great trip. I enjoyed it. I got carried all the way here. You know what? Let's just go home. We tried. It's okay. Again, I told you I'm fine being paralyzed, Pete. I appreciate it. It looks like it's not going to happen today. Thank you very much. Let's just go home. And at that moment, those friends made a decision. Those friends in, the, in, in that moment, they said, no, 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 no. no. We're not done yet. We're not here. We came all this way. We're not done yet. We're getting, we are going to get you to Jesus. We're not turning home around. We're not going home. There is still a possibility here. There's still hope. I still have faith. It, this, we're we're going to figure this out. Just give me a minute. And see, and that's the other thing. And when you pray for your friends, praying for your friends is having faith when they don't. Right? Praying for your friends is about having faith when they don't. Praying for your friends is about when they're willing to give up, when there's an obstacle in the way, when a bad report comes where it looks like it's going to take longer than it's supposed to, and, you got, and our, our friends go, oh, I guess, well, I guess that's it. I mean, I guess that's all she wrote. I guess that's the, the end of the story. Then it's our job as prayer warriors and as friends to look at them and go, no, 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 we aren't giving up yet. You may have given up and you may not have faith, but there is still a way to get you to Jesus. So we're not gonna let you quit. The four of us are gonna hold you up as long as it takes, and we are determined to get you to Jesus. Let me ask you something do you pray for your friends like that? Do you pray with that kind of faith? Or when they give up and they go, don't pray for me anymore. Take me off the prayer list. Don't worry about it. It's all going to end. It's going to be bad. Do you give up too or do you keep praying? Do you continue to have faith when you talk to them on the phone, when you see them face to face? Do you continue to have hope and faith? Because that's your job as a friend. It's to continue to have faith when they don't. And then the story tells us this. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Now, these houses, the houses that were, that were there at this time, they were these like flat-roofed houses. They looked kind of like an L-shape. And so they had this, these ladders or these stairs that you could go up. And there was almost like a, a balcony or patio on top of the house. And so they're looking at this, and paralyzed Pete, he's probably ready to give up, but the friends, they still have faith. And they go, no, 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 There's still the way. Hold on, we can figure this out. And they go, what if we got on the roof? Like, that's the closest place possible. So what if we got him on the roof? Well, and then what, Joe? Then what are we going to do? What if we just knocked a hole in the roof, you know? And just like, Jesus is right there. and I mean, he, we're, we're, we're that close, and then we just got of. Plot Pete down. I mean, that would work, right? We just throw him down there. I mean, that's that's fine. And somebody's going, that's illegal. We can't do that. And they're like, ah, oh, no, no, no. We'll, well, we'll worry about that later. Let's just let's do what we need to. And so they get there. And they go to the, They somehow get to the roof and they get to this flat top and they're literally, Jesus is in the kitchen sitting at a table with his coffee and he's teaching and he's preaching to everybody. And these free four friends, they got Pete up there and they're looking at the roof and they're going, what do we do now? And they go, well, we bust a hole through this sucker, all right? And so who knows what they did, you know what I mean? Maybe they got down doggy style and they just started clawing at it, you know? But I mean, this is rock and this is clay. So I mean, they had to start just like, you know, Come on, come on, come on, come on. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. You know, and all of a sudden, Jesus is talking and preaching, and all of a sudden, there's just this this noise, this constant little beating and this constant thing, and the roof is shaking, and there's these little pieces of dirt flying down and landing in Jesus' coffee. And everybody's looking up and going, this is it. This is the end of the world. What in the world is happening? And then all of a sudden, just a little bit of light peeks through, and the homeowner sees a guy up there. And he goes, what are you doing? And the guy looks through the hole and he goes, it's okay. We're just getting our friend to Jesus. Hold on just a minute. And they just keep doing it. I mean, it would be a perfect Allstate commercial, you know? Like, I'm four friends so convinced that Jesus can help my friend. So protect your home from mayhem like me, you know? And they're just like beating it and beating it and beating it, right? Now you got a visual in your head, right? And so they just keep kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. But you know what they did? They upset everybody. Everybody was ticked off. The Pharisees were ticked off. The religious leaders, you know, the traditional Nazarenes were like, this is not how this stuff is supposed to go. This is unacceptable. This is not good, you know. The homeowner's freaking out because now he's got a hole in his roof. But this is the thing. This is the thing. They did what they had to do. They did what they had to do to get their friend to Jesus, Let me ask you something. I'm really tired, I need a Gatorade. This is why I do CrossFit. How far are you willing to go to get your friend to Jesus? How far are you willing to go? Are you you willing to look a little nuts? Are you willing to look crazy? Are you willing to break the rules? Are you you willing to upset some religious people that say this isn't how this is supposed to go? You know what? They had to pay for that roof. (laughs) They had to fix that roof. Eventually they had to pay for it. We hope. But they were willing to do that. They were willing to break some eggs. And they were willing to pay the cost. They were willing to do anything they had to do to get their friend to Jesus. And you know what? This is what happens sometimes when we pray. Sometimes when we pray, Father God, you know my friend Karen, would you send someone, Lord? Would you send someone with the answers they need? Would you send someone with the resources that they need? Would you send someone who would be willing to knock this hole in the roof? And you know what Jesus goes? God goes, well, how about you? Oh. What, Lord? No, like I was talking about, like, if you would send somebody else, like somebody else with some money, you know, more money than me, somebody else with some more time, more time than me, I'm talking, I was thinking you would send somebody else, and, and God looks at you, and God goes, you look like you're able, you, you got some of what they need, why would I need to send anybody when, when they have you? And see, and that's the thing, what, what if you pray that God would send someone And that someone is you. Are you willing to knock the hole in the roof? Are you willing to pay for it? Are you willing to sacrifice for it? Are you willing to surrender yourself, not only for God and his will, but for what your friend needs to get to Jesus? So they knocked this hole in the roof. They got mad. And this is what it says. It says, so since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they had an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was on, that, that, that Pete was laying on. So they get this hole big enough for a mat. We're talking a huge hole, okay? Huge hole. They get mat through there. And I mean, they didn't have rope, so they just threw mat through that hole. And mat just lands on the kitchen table, right? I mean, they're just like, all right, Ready? One, two, three, and they just land Matt, and Matt just pff, plops on the table right in front of Jesus, right? And everybody is just upset. And it would have been so hilarious if Pete would have turned to Jesus at that moment and said, hey, heard you were in town, just thought I'd drop in. <laughs> right? Sure. <laughs> right? Right? But you know what? In that moment, something incredible happened. Do not miss this. Something so incredible happened. In that moment, Jesus looks at Matt or Pete, and he looks up at the four friends. The four friends are still up on the ceiling looking down in this hole, looking, waiting to see what happened. Everybody's ticked off. The Pharisees are fussing. Everybody's whispering. The homeowner's yelling and and using fingers that aren't appropriate. I mean, it's a ruckus. But you know what? In that moment, I think Jesus had a huge smile on his face. In that moment, I think Jesus looked at Pete, and he looked at the friends, and he smiled. And then this is what it says he said. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Here's the amazing thing that happened, is that what caught Jesus' attention Was their faith. He didn't look at the faith of Pete. He looked at the faith of all of them. He looked at the friends and he looked at Pete and he looked at their faith and it caught Jesus' attention. And see, and that's the thing when we pray for one another, it catches God's attention. And God doesn't just see the person who's in need of prayer, He sees the people who are praying for the person who needs prayer. And he sees our collective faith, and it puts a smile on his face. And then it says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about this for a minute. They came to get Pete's legs fixed, okay? They wanted his physical body healed, which came later, if you know the end of the story. But here's my point. Notice this. Jesus healed his soul before he healed his body. Why? Because that, what was really what was on the line. So so here's the thing. When you pray for your friends, for healing, for answers, to get them what they want, what they really, really want, if they get that, that's an added bonus. But the point of when we pray is we're bringing our friends to Jesus to get their soul healed. So that whether they walk away paralyzed or not paralyzed, that they walk away with their soul intact. That they walk away with their heart healed. So when we pray for our friends who have somebody on their deathbed, and we go, God, would you, would you, would you save their life? That's how we usually pray. God, save them, save them, save them. Don't let them die, don't let them die, don't let them die. And it's a 50-50 shot. And the reality is how we should pray is, Lord, You know what they want, but you know what's already going to happen. So, Father God, will you help my friend, whether they have to grieve or whether they are celebrating. But no matter what, Lord, would would you heal their soul? Whether the person that they are watching over is alive or passes away, God, would you heal their soul? More than anything else. And here's what happened. The Pharisees threw a big fit. And Jesus, just has a cherry on top, he does heal the man's leg. He says, get up from your mat and walk home. So the man is healed. His body is physically healed. But more than just his physical body, his soul. He's in right relationship with God. He walks away a righteous man. And this is what it says. Luke tells us this. It says, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things here today. Here's the thing. When we pray for our friends, when we pray for people in need of prayer, and God sees our collective faith, when God moves, this is what happens. Their victory becomes our victory. We all get to witness a miracle, and we all get to be a part of it. We all get to see God do something incredible, and we get to be a part of it. And those friends, you know what happened that day? Those friends, they came together. They got their friend to Jesus. But you know what? I guarantee you, Pete is not the only one that walked away changed. Everyone walked away changed. His victory became their victory. And all five of those friends walked home that day high-fiving each other, changed. And their relationship was built stronger and their relationship with God was built stronger. And in that instant, we get a perfect image of what heaven is probably going to be like. We're together. Our faith doesn't convince God to move, but God moves us. And we are in right relationship with each other and closer than we've ever been because of what we've experienced and what we've seen. And I am in right relationship with God. That's what prayer is really about. Now, my wife, she's on my uh, sermon writing team. It's a staff of one. Uh, And uh, trust me, she does me no favors. Uh, Because she challenges me. So we're in the car telling her about this message. And she's like, can you give me something practical? I don't really get it, you know? That's what my wife does. I'm like, how did you not get it? You know, I tell Miz about the sermon. He's like, it's great. It's perfect. I tell my wife about it. It's trash. So anyway, someone's lying to me. I don't know which one it is yet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have to go home with Miz, so... But she said, can you give me something practical? And I said, yeah. I'll give you something practical. Um, But I need help with this. Uh, Danny and Kristen, could you guys come up here? Danny and Kristen Kunza, I need you real quick. Can you come up here? Give it up for Danny and Kristen. I I know what you're thinking. You're like, he didn't tell us about this. I'm I'm not a fan. If you don't know anything about Danny and Kristen, Dan, yes, they're awesome. They are awesome. They, they have been with me from the very beginning. They, they started this with us when we started in Bonfield's Auditorium. Uh, we, we were looking for, for people who could help us out, and they were friends of friends, and they came on, and they've been with us for, you know, we started this in August. Nine, it'll be nine years in August. And uh, so they've been with us for a, a really long time. And you guys have seen, you know, Danny, what he, he's always been our drummer in the band. When he's not here, I fill in and everything falls apart. It sucks so bad. Uh, and, you know, I want to tell you a, a short story. You know, Kristen and I, we were talking and I was praying just about, you know, just our vision and what we were doing moving forward. And God just kind of laid Kristen on my heart to ask her if she wanted to lead the cafe. And so I mentioned it to Kristen and... Yeah, funny thing, how God works, God had also been talking to Kristen about leading it as well, and just imagining things, and God kind of given her a vision for that. And so we're like, well, that's God talking to both of us. And so they took over in that cafe. And, you know, you guys have seen what Kristen has done in there. She's done an amazing job, hasn't she, right? And, you know, she, they've paid for all of that. They've, they've, they've paid for espresso machines and all this stuff. And I asked Kristen, what do you want to charge people? And she said, no, I want it to be free. I want it to be our gift. And I was just amazed by that, you know what I mean? Because I know how much it costs to make these fancy drinks and all this stuff and everything else. And so, you know, they've taken that and they want it to be, you know, free for you guys and stuff. And there's a, you know, a, a thing in the back for donations. And then in the midst of this, you guys have been having to try to have a kid for how many years now? Almost seven years trying to have kids, right? And you guys have gotten some, you know, good news at times, and you guys have tried two procedures so far that haven't worked, right? Um, And so, you know, Kristen's, you know, shared this, you know, publicly on her Instagram and stuff and told us stories and taken terrible videos of giving herself needles in the stomach and stuff that just make me cringe. And, uh, you know, you guys have shared your story, and you're inspiring people, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people, I mean, we're here, we're Mother's Day, many of you, you've dealt with infertility, you know? And so the next stage is to do in vitro, correct? Um, But insurance has been used up to a point, and so now you guys have to save up to have in vitro, but you have to save up a sum of money to be able to do that procedure, right? So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you would do, but You guys, a couple months ago, put all of this money into the cafe, and we're like, this is going to be free, and then you were challenged by this, and now you've got to save up for this procedure. I would be tempted to go, forget that cafe, (laughs) I want to have a baby, right? I mean, I think we all would, that's perfectly normal, and you guys have said nothing to me. So their faithfulness to your experience and to our church is just above and beyond in my eyes, right? Isn't it to you? And so, you know what? My small group, we were talking about this and we we're kind of like writing this message as we sit there. And they you know, they said, "How do you pray for people?" And I and I and I told my small group. I said, "Well, like I'll, I'll use Kristen and Danny as an example. When I pray for them, we all know what you want and we want the same thing." And I, and I pray. I say, "Father God, you know what Danny and Kristen want. You know that they want to have a baby. But Lord, more than anything else, May they surrender their will to you. May in this journey with their soul be whole. Right? But as I also pray that prayer, God challenges me. And He says, how far are you willing to go for your friends? And I was challenged by that. And you know, I'm praying, you know, God, I hope hope they're able to do this procedure and I hope they're able to do this. Could you send somebody? And God looks at me and goes, why not you? And so, I'm sitting there, I'm crying at my desk upstairs, because I'm thinking about all this, and I, and I texted Kate, and I said, Kate, I think God is calling us to be a means to an end for Danny and Kristen, and I said, um, I want to do something for them, you text me what you're thinking, what God says to you, and if it's the same, then it's definitely God talking to us, and she texted me the exact same thing I was thinking of, and so here's what I want to do, um, <laughs> Kate and I saved up a little bit, and um, we want to help pay for some of your procedure coming up. And so uh, there's there's a check in there for you guys to help you make this possible. Because I know in June you're going to do fundraisers and stuff to be able to save up for this procedure. But as your friends, I can't pray for you. And when God says, well, God could send you for us to do anything. So Kate and I want to give you guys that and say thank you, and we love you and we are behind you 100%. And we want you to know, no no matter what happens, whether this procedure works or not, we want you to know that we are behind you and that we love you. And if nothing else, we will do everything we can, but more than anything than that, we will always do what we can to get you to Jesus. I will carry you as far as I can. And so this is what we could do. And... Kristen's Venmo is going to be on the screen right here. If you have Venmo, you can Venmo Kristen a donation directly for this procedure. And you can also, today, maybe God is laying on your heart what you would like to do for them. And I think it's really cool. On the same day, this was not planned. Shay went and got all this stuff for your cafe and stuff too. But it's Mother's Day, and I know these days are not easy when you so badly want to be parents. And I just want you to know, I am not just going to pray for you in the background, but I'm willing to make some sacrifices to help you guys because I love you, okay? So that that to me, that to me is the most practical example I can give. And if my wife isn't happy with that one, I don't know what else she wants. But <laughs> when we pray for Danny and Kristen, as they're in this On this journey, it's not enough just to pray, God, will you give them what they want, what they really, really want. It's about getting our friends to Jesus. But you know what? The question is also on the line as you pray for them. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to beat some holes through the roof? Are you willing to make some sacrifices? Because you keep praying for somebody, maybe that someone is you. And that goes for whomever you're praying for. You know, that, that, that was on the line for all of us while the Yoders were, you know, in the hospital with COVID this week. What are you guys going to do? Are you just going to sit home and pray? Or are you going to take poor Malin as he watches four kids some meals, you know? I mean, good grief. What are you going to do? How far are you willing to go? And so this morning, as, as we close, I want to pray for you guys. And again, uh, they're going to be doing fundraisers and stuff. They're hoping to do this procedure in September. But you know what? I, I, I pray that you guys would, would help them as well because clearly the sacrifice that they're making for us, it's our job as their as their church family to make a sacrifice for them as well. So I want to pray for them, and I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that this morning this would become a reality for you. So let's pray together. Father God, this morning we come to you God, I pray for my friends, Danny and Kristen. God, you know what they want. But God, I pray that your will would be done. I pray that, God, we would come alongside them, pick them up, and that they would find you through this journey, Lord. That, God, if it means something physically happening for them, great, but more than anything, God, that you would just heal heal their soul would they walk away knowing you believing that you you are who you say you are would you prove that you are the hallowed hallowed name of God would you be their father in heaven and would your kingdom come and your will be done Lord God we love you this morning and we thank you and we praise things in your name amen, amen. If you'd like to support Anchored Hope Church, please visit anchoredhope.church forward slash give. If you'd like to connect someone from Anchored Hope, please visit anchoredhope.church forward slash hive. Thank you for listening and God bless.